Alexa, play that Amazon ads podcast. Which one would you like to hear? The best one. Okay, now playing that Amazon ads podcast. These gentlemen are completely changing the game. After listening to that Amazon ads podcast, my ads are finally profitable. I also heard they're pretty cute. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to That Amazon Ads Podcast. I am your co-host, Andrew. Stephen, why are you laughing at me? <laughs> I don't know. Some in your tone of voice, you sounded somewhere in between bored and angry. Ah, man. I, I've been getting angry on this podcast too often. I'm trying to like really get it under control, going to therapy yeah. for it. So hopefully podcast I'm Podcast management. Free- podcast yeah. anger management, I meant to say. <laughs> Cool. Well, yeah. Uh, you want? You, did you have more to add to your intro, or was that it? That was it, man. That was it. How you doing? Yeah. What are you good? What man. are we going to talk been, about today? It's it's been a very busy, very busy week. It's late. I think we're both a little tired. You've got some PTO coming up, much deserved, much needed. So you'll be out next week. Where are you going? Yep. Yeah, I'm gonna go to Mexico, lay on the beach at a at a resort for a week, and just kind of chill recover get some much needed r and r we've been yeah it's been go time around here for like yep. a solid eight months getting a little break for a little reprieve before we go crazy in the rest of q4 so it's yep. gonna be much needed and i'll i'll tell you guys why it's been such a crazy <laughs> massive sprint for us since <clears throat> around the time when we launched the podcast which was back in may or june of this year and it's now coming to the close of october we had this idea of essentially a whole suite of a product that would be uh, content, community, and code. So kind of a three, three-prong directional product where you know the content is everything we're putting out. And then, of course, there's that premium version, that masterclass, which is uh, now recorded in post-production, should be dropping in December, available for, for purchase if you want the, the deep dive, more premium content. And then we have the Discord community, of course, which has been quickly growing and scaling. Um, I think on the last podcast, we said we were at like 200 subscribers or, or 200 members. By the time this airs, we'll probably be at 500. It's already grown another 100 members just in the last like week or so. Yep. Um, but the ultimate thing, Andrew, is the code section, that third absolutely pivotal point, which was something that we've been wanting to do for a long, long time is to build a free sponsored products bidding optimizer that basically does everything we've talked about, anything pertaining to bids thus far on the show, talking about how to manage bids for non-converting keywords, how to manage bids for brand new keywords, high ACoS keywords, low ACoS, low visibility. Then you got your placement settings. All of that can get really complicated. Then you have to factor that back into the keyword bids. And it was even gotten to a point, Andrew, where it was too complicated for you or I to do, at least on a bulk sheet, because as we got more advanced with the way of our thinking about the logic and realizing the importance of like multi-layers of logic, we ended up building some programs for ourselves to use, which we have now built into a full web application. And we're excited to present to you guys Ad Labs. And we'll probably have a logo up here somewhere showing our, our Ad Labs thing. But we've we've had a team of five developers working full time on this since june so it's been a long time and by the time this episode airs i believe we will be allowing in the first few users to our software so we'll have the link below check out ad labs andrew and i have actually been using it um for our own accounts for the past how long have we actually been using it andrew 
couple months, I think we've been, we've been testing so, yeah. and, and, and utilizing it. Yeah. It, it's awesome. You guys, it's so exciting to, to bring you this. Um, like, like, like I said, we've been testing it, using it on our own accounts and the results have been really telling of what we've, uh, created here. So really excited to bring that to you guys. Definitely check that out, get on that wait list. And, um, I think we're going to have a discord associated with it as well. People who are in that will get priority access to the wait list. So definitely make sure you're on that. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you in there. Yep. Of course there will be a premium version of, of the app too, but for, uh, where we want to have a forever free version of the bid optimizer. So there will be the kind of the, the core components that you do need as a free version. And so definitely give, give ad labs, a, ad labs, a try. Yeah. We've been using it for the past couple months. It's just, and we'll, we'll put some videos out probably too, just showing you how cool and how fast it is. I mean, we can go into our accounts and make it, the reason why we like it is because it's not fully automated. It's not fully manual. It's somewhere in between. We call it a semi-automatic approach. It allows us to take advantage of all the benefits of automation in that like a lot of the math is automated, but there's still a lot of controls in the hands of the manager. You can pick which date range you're going to be using, um, your prioritization, whether you're focusing more on reducing ACOS or growing sales or just kind of doing a more balanced routine maintenance thing. So it's all really, really cool. Um, and it's been working phenomenally for us to get really good results. So definitely check it out. But to pull in a segue here, within our Discord, that's been very active when we've been engaging with our community, we got one recommendation from, from the Discord for a uh, for a certain episode. And so this is also episode 25, which is a pretty big milestone uh, for us, making it through almost halfway through a year, right? Yeah, 26. Yeah, halfway, halfway through. through a year, we're like, we're like a quarter century in episode years old. Um, mm -hmm. So that's exciting, man. It's a big milestone for us. Glad we got here. Uh, plenty more to come though. Episode years? One. Yeah, I just made that up. One week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so we're talking about uh, the topic is low-hanging fruits. Actually, Andrew, I don't know. If, do you happen to have this message pulled up or I could actually pull it up? I don't. You? I don't. I have it pulled up. Here's the message. Uh, would like a podcast on low-hanging fruit campaigns. Not much knowledge available out there on this topic except for the classic catch-all campaigns. What are some other ad types or campaigns that can give us sales at a really good ACoS and also balance the average CPC with ACoS? Many thanks. So that's what this episode's going to be about. Andrew and I put some, some thoughts together. And if there's nothing else that you've got to add kind of in this intro section, Andrew, we can jump into it. Yeah, let's dive in. All right, Andrew. So the low hanging fruits, essentially kind of what are some really easy opportunities to snag a couple extra sales within Amazon advertising. I'm going to add to this just on the topic of low hanging fruits. I think we should also mention not only just how to grab perhaps a couple extra sales, but how can we also cut out a couple wasted dollars? So kind of just what are some potentially, there's not always going to be some low hanging fruits, but it's always kind of a good thing to do a quick little gut check uh, on your campaigns and see if there is something that's just a really easy, quick fix that can get some, some immediate results. And kind of what we're usually looking at when we're looking at these low hanging fruits is basically just something with a super low risk, really high reward ratio. It's not going to obviously revolutionize and, and double or triple your sales, but it could just be something with, yeah, just really low effort, really low risk to, to kind of overall performance that can help tweak things and, and shape them up a little bit. So is that about how you would probably think through this, this concept of low hanging fruits? Yeah, yeah, totally. So we're just kind of looking for the things where we can capture the 
where there's the most opportunity for the least amount of effort and, um, you know, finding ways that we can make small tweaks that make a good impact and allow us to potentially develop some more level of incremental sales growth. And like you said, it's not necessarily these things are going to explode the revenue on your account, but it could help you capture those one and two sales that you maybe wouldn't have gotten had you not had these different strategies set up. Now, I think to kind of frame this up, like when we talk about low hanging fruit within an account, like we are auditing accounts on a pretty, pretty regular basis. And we see a lot of the things that brands and, and managers are doing and I think that to, to like really just like summarize everything, everything that we have talked about in episodes one through 24 up to this point have basically been what we see as the biggest opportunity and what people are missing when it comes to managing and optimizing their ad accounts. So when we're talking about how to calculate keyword bids and how to reduce spend on non-converting keywords, or we're talking about how to calculate your placement settings, things like that, this is, this is the kind of stuff that we're seeing accounts are not doing. And whenever we start to implement them, that's where we see the biggest result. And so that's why, you know, all these episodes are a a summarization of all those different low hanging fruits that we see in accounts. But, um, you know, I just wanted to start with that to, to preface this episode. These tactics and little tweaks and strategy things that we're going to talk about today are great. But the biggest value that we see in, in, like shaping an account's performance and improving it comes from a lot of the stuff we've already talked about. Yep. Yeah. That's a really good point. Uh, most of the time when I am auditing an account, um, or just taking over new, yeah, auditing account, I guess. And, and, uh, you know, preparing kind of some thoughts and, and action plan for if they were to partner with us, one of the biggest things I'm looking at is I check out the placement settings. And if they're not doing anything with top of search, I know that's a lot of missed sales opportunity, especially if the they're just underrepresented in actual spend on top of search. And so I would usually call those like super low hanging fruits, but we've already kind of talked about that in in all these episodes. These are all kind of things that we would then execute upon. So I think what we're going to try to shape this episode to be more around. And I think, especially because the individual who asked for this has been very engaged with our content. So I'm sure he's already been active doing all of these things. So we're going to try to get even lower hanging fruits, (laughs) you know, assuming you already have, an account that that uh, you've been working with and has been well optimized, and you've been executing on episodes one through twenty four already. We'll talk about some some lower hanging fruits. And the first one, and I guess these will be perhaps slightly, some of them will be slightly non traditional methods. I guess like little hacks to potentially get some some extra sales in there. And the first one that we have here, Andrew, is one that um, I was first taught by our mutual friend. Brett Messier, who actually is the one who introduced us to each other um, Shout out way Brett. back when. Shout He's out Brett, who agreed <laughs> to come on to this. Brett and I used to uh, work together at, at another company and do podcasting on the PPC Den podcast, if you've heard of that one. And and Brett was the uh, was on that podcast before I was. And then um, he, I told him he needed to come on this episode or this show now. And he said, if we make it to episode 50, he'll, he'll make a guest appearance. So, yeah, yeah. I think he, I think whenever we asked him that he didn't really have faith in us yet. He didn't, no. he hadn't we were on seen episode that we were going to do something. it. Yeah. yeah. We were on episode yeah. two. We were like, Brett, come on. And he was like, episode 50, which is like a, basically yeah. a full year of production. And yep. It's coming. Yep. He, he wanted to make sure we were committed. So Brett, yep. we're going to get you on here in episode 50. We'll see you there. Yep. <laughs> but Brett introduced me 
way back in the day when we were working together to the low bid lottery, which are you familiar with this, Andrew? Totally. Yeah. He and I we might have different definitions. You and Same I did? Thing. Oh. Same idea, or, but no, no, me and Brett. Brett was oh, Brett you and told Brett. me about that too. So yeah. How do you define it? There's a few different ways you could define it, but I would say most people call them like catch all campaigns. Um, they are campaigns that are highly uh, aggregated and um, that have low bids, but receive some sort of algorithmic benefit due to just the nature of the structure. And so basically campaigns you're having set up, <laughs> this is what I would do. Uh, one ad group, bunch of products, low bids. Yep. That's how I describe it. Yeah. And you kind of, the idea here is you you never optimize the bids on this campaign. Like if your tr- typical CPC is around a dollar, you're setting these bids at like five cents, like something tiny. And then you can probably increase your top of search. You, you do five cents, you can do dynamic up and down to get a little extra algorithmic benefit. And then maybe do a hundred percent increase for top of search, which means when all of that is kind of combined of your five cents plus a hundred percent increase for top, that gets you to 10 cents plus dynamic up and down gets you up to 20 cents. Cause you double it again. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll never pay more than 20 cents CPC. So you'll be paying somewhere between two cents to 20 cents. And just the CPCs are so dang low that when you do get a sale, cause they, they'll happen periodically. Um, the a cost is just gonna be really low and they're just going to be sometimes some really low volume keywords that like nobody was really going after, nobody thought to go after, or maybe just some weird coincidental sales. Like I, I think we used this example a while ago, but it's like, you know, you're, you're, you sell, uh, jacuzzis and someone was searching for swim trunks and they ended up finding your jacuzzi and they just bought a jacuzzi <laughs> or something like that. Or maybe I, I think it was the other way around. You're selling swim trunks and someone was searching for jacuzzis and they saw your swim trunks. And that's, that was just like a random, like one click, one conversion thing. And you're not necessarily going to harvest that keyword and keep going after it because over time that keyword is probably not super relevant, but at least in the moment for a five cent click and a, you know, $20 sale, you're pretty happy sitting on like a fraction of a percent of an ACOS. So that's what, what these kind of low bid lotteries are. Um, they'll, they'll usually run really low spend and just capture some practically free sales. Yep. Yep. I think these are, are really good. if you're, you know, I think you should have these running at, to some degree in an account. However, I will caution, this is not a f- full strategy. Okay. So we've, we've definitely seen Correct. accounts where, Correct. Where, Correct. where people literally have catch all campaigns as their whole strategy. <laughs> they heard low hanging fruits for catch all and they said, got it. And they went back and they deployed all of their products in catch all campaigns, expecting that to work. And to some degree, it does kind of work like with proper bid management, you can still like drive efficient sales, but uh, it's not necessarily well, going to be what's going to set you up for you know growth in the long term. Yeah. Or if you just have really strong products with really high conversion rates, you know, sure. it'll be a lot more forgiving these things. But I actually don't like to call them catch-all campaigns for that for that very reason. I think catch-all is typically a different strategy. Catch-all is typically just like is is you typically when I see people doing that, they're actually trying to scale these campaigns. Sure, and they're increasing bids more than you would. Yeah, on they're like bid. like yeah yeah. If their catch-all campaign, if your target A cost is thirty percent and you're only at ten percent, they're going to start increasing those bids because like oh this one's doing really well. It's out of budget. Let's keep it increasing and pushing. With low bid lottery, you just you kind of put it in the background. Anytime you're optimizing bids, whether it's on a bulk sheet or an ad labs, you're just like excluding that campaign from the optimizations because 
the the math formulas that will always kind of increase the bids on those because it's always going to be super low bids to begin with and probably low a cost. So, yeah, you, like just kind of start it with like a five cent bid, crank that top of search, do dynamic up and down, dump all your products into it. You could definitely segment it a little bit more, probably like. Sure. Um, you could, within your ad groups, you could put different, uh, you could actually group your products a bit more strategically within the ad groups, mm -hmm. but you were not trying to get too sophisticated with this. Like we're calling it a lottery for a reason. Have you found any like potential benefit to grouping those campaigns like that? Like having, I don't know, it, it would vary by category or like how that account was set up, but grouping them by like product category or relevance. Like, so like if the products are related and going to have related keywords, like do you, do you see that as like a, a good thing that sh people should do? Or is it just kind of like a personal preference? Yeah, I think the, um, I mean, it's probably more personal preference. But yeah, the, just con the concept is just, it's just supposed to be kind of passive income. It's, it's just like, you know, owning some stock and, and it pays you out some dividends and you never really pay attention to the price. You're just happy with, with uh, the, the dividends paying out. That's kind of the end of the strategy here. It's just like, hey, you can get perhaps some really cheap clicks um, if you just have some campaigns with really low bids just kind of running perpetually. Totally. Yeah. So personal preference on structure based on how you want to read and interpret the data inside of these campaigns. Not that you'll net. I mean, you could still totally use this data from these campaigns in all your other campaigns, but if it's not structured pro properly, you're not going to have any idea like what's, <laughs> what's converting where. So yeah, if you, if you feel like trying to utilize the data from this, uh, then you're going to maybe want to structure it a little bit differently than just dumping it all in one ad group. So cool. Cool. Yeah. Let's switch over to the next low hanging fruit. So next up is, you might be just surprised to hear this, but some bid optimization. <laughs> and the reason why I say that is because what I, what I typically do, oh, I just saw you. That's a good one. Andrew, Andrew added another good uh, low hanging fruit here uh, that we'll come back to. But with the, with the targeting tab, in Amazon, there's that tab on the left-hand side that's going to show you just all of the targets that you're doing. Now, whenever, I should clarify, whenever I'm checking in performance on my account, on my um, yeah, checking performance on my accounts. I see a lot of people make this mistake. They sort their campaigns by highest ACoS to lowest ACoS to try to find the lowest hanging fruits. And that is such a massive mistake in my opinion. You sort by, what is it, Andrew? Uh, uh, spend? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like you did, you did that, anyways, doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, sort by spend. And the reason why is because whatever campaign is spending the most is going to be having the biggest impact on total performance. And so there could be, and this is just a mistake I see where people are like, hey, I found this even sometimes, um, yeah, just other like teammates that I'm working with. They're like, whoa, this account has 200% ACoS. We need to optimize it. And it's like, okay, but the, the account spent $20 to get $10 in sales. And this account is spending $100,000 a month. So you could optimize that campaign all you want. Knock your socks off with optimizing that $20 to spend. You will have no impact on the $100,000 of budget that we've got to get through. So sorting by ACoS could, could highlight some weird, just low data, high ACoS campaigns. Um, that's not going to be a low hanging fruit optimizing those. Those will be picked up on like your larger kind of uh, sweeping changes. But for low hanging fruits, what you want to do is you want to sort by highest spend. And you can do this either at that targeting tab level 
and you go into that targeting, just look at the highest spenders and then uh, manually kind of scroll through and eyeball which of those have, you know, really high spend and no sales or really high ACOS. Because if like your second or third highest spending term, or maybe it's even your, your top, your number one highest spending term has ACOS that's too high. That's something that you can, if you just clean up that one bid, you know, things will be a lot better. And these are great for being a lot more nimble with your adjustments too. Sometimes you don't really have time to make these big sweeping changes. Like you're only doing it once a week, but then you get a couple days into the, to the week and you know, you're, it's not really a time to do a full bid change yet, but, and this is actually an example that I had with, uh, recently with, um, one of my teammates is we had a product. The campaign was 120% ACOS, which, uh, was okay because the client had given us a certain budget. It was, he was saying, Hey, here's a thousand dollars. We want to invest in this, in this product. We're ACOS agnostic. We just want to maximize sales within this budget. And the budget was going a little bit fast. And so we had to slow the spend down on it. And we were looking at this campaign. And at first he was recommending we should optimize all the bids in this campaign. And I was like, hold on. I bet you there's just one keyword in there that's taken up all the spend. And so we clicked into it. Sure enough, there was one keyword that had like 80 or 90% of all the spend go into it. So we just reduced the bid on that one keyword. And that will now help like the overall campaign, the overall product, just have better pacing towards the, the budget goal and allow it to spend a little more evenly distributed. So a lot of times in that targeting tab, whether it's within a specific campaign or if it's just within your whole account, you can usually identify just, you know, a small handful of keywords that just are super quick in console bid optimization will just helps clean things up. Yep. <clears throat> Absolutely. That's a, that's a good one. I, I think that like, I heard, I've seen some people talking about ad sales percentage of total sales being a uh, good indicator of how reliant your product is on advertising. Mm -hmm. But we could look at it from a different lens of, you know, the percentage of spend allocation across your campaigns is the directional kind of guiding light to what's going to create the biggest impact in your account whenever you're making changes. Yep. So... Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I I have, I do the same thing pretty often, checking the targeting tab. And I've seen that example that you mentioned quite often, especially with like new campaigns and stuff, uh, whenever you're first setting them up, figuring out that balance and trying to get the distribution of your budget to kind of allocate across the keyword selection that you have can be a little bit tricky and kind of require those, those nimble adjustments and more manual eyes on uh, hands-on keyboard type stuff. So that's a really good point. And, and kind of along the same vein, you're, you're talking about those tabs that Amazon has been adding over the last couple of years to the console. You mentioned the targeting tab. There's also the products tab, which we can talk about. But then the, what I was going to bring up was the budgets tab. I find this one is, is a really good place to capture a little bit of low-hanging fruit where with very little effort. The budgets tab basically will allow you to look at your campaign performance and also tell you what percentage of the day that that campaign is or is active and in budget and hasn't ran out of budget. And so what you sometimes will see is like um, some of your top spending campaigns. Again, you're, you're still going to want to go into this tab and, and sort by spend. So you're going to see where, you know, that biggest impact is going to be or you can make the bigger impact with some small changes. So if you find that your higher spending 
campaigns that are also meeting target ACOS or like below target ACOS or like just kind of like right around your targets. If you see that they're running out of budget or they're like in budget like 70% of the time or like 50% of the day, um, that's a good opportunity for you to be able to increase budgets on your campaigns, open up more spend that is efficient and meeting your targets. So you can kind of add a little bit more fuel to the fire and uh, capture more of that sales, more of those sales for a longer period. So you can stay active longer throughout the day. And so that that one has been definite game changer, one that I'm checking pretty regularly to to identify some opportunities for uh, scaling spend across different campaigns. Yep. Yeah, the I think kind of the prevailing theory is that campaign, at least for us, is that campaigns should never run out of budget uh, on, on except on very rare circumstances and very specific kind of strategies. Uh, unless if unless if you are intentionally planning for a campaign to run out of budget and that is part of your strategy, it shouldn't be running out of budget. So um, the reason why is that if a campaign is running out of budget, either one of it's going to be in either one of two conditions with one or two different outcomes. Either the campaign is profitable and it's driving a ton of sales and we should be extending that budget in order to drive more sales, or it's not profitable and we need to be reducing those bids to help slow down the the spend to simultaneously lower the ACoS and allow it to spend more evenly throughout the day so that it's not just spending at a way too high ACoS for three hours and then capping out. Like it's way more efficient to like, rather than just get, you know, a hundred clicks in the morning and be done and spend too much and have high ACoS, it's way better to reduce those bids. Let yourself get 200 or 300 clicks that actually lasts throughout the day because you're getting a lower CPC now. So you can get more clicks within that budget um, so that you're not hitting the budget until if you hit it again and now the ACoS is good. Well, now you can extend the budget again. You know, the only time in which you'd ever want those campaigns to actually run out of budgets is if you're like with this example that we had that I mentioned earlier where the client said there's a thousand dollars we can invest in this product. I know it's not going to be profitable given that it's a new product launch. And so in that case, we still did when we saw those campaigns kind of get near our budgets, we still responded by reducing the bids to control that spend. But point being here, um, that budget tab is extremely powerful for seeing which campaigns have been historically running out of budget. Because when you just log into the ad console, they're not always saying, you know, if, if an account, sorry, if a campaign has consistently been running out of budget, it's just not currently out of budget when you log in, you're not going to catch it. But that budgets tab can easily help you identify which campaigns are getting paused in the middle of the day that maybe have really good ACoS. Maybe it's your low bid lottery campaign uh, that's humming along at a 2% ACoS, but you only gave a $5 budget to it and you're realizing you could be spending $50 a day if you if you were just checking that that uh, budgeting tab. Yep. That's a that's a good point. Those are all uh, great great points on like how you're controlling the budgets, how you're controlling your spend with your bids, and your budgets are kind of just your guardrails uh, to make sure you don't overspend in, in certain scenarios. So, yeah, love that. I also just so people know, you're not going to get a whole lot of capturing a whole lot of low hanging fruit by extending budgets that are in budget 100 percent of the time. And so if you're seeing a lot of like campaigns that are like low ACoS and they're already in budget, like 99, 100% of the time, increasing those budgets isn't really going to help you out. Do people much. do that? I don't know. Maybe, maybe they, they, like, I've definitely heard people say like, oh, I want to yeah. increase spend. Like, let's increase the budgets. Let's open up uh -oh. the budgets. And it's like, well, maybe, 
that would work, but yeah. we've got to check some other things first. So that's a good um, point. If your campaign's yeah. been spending $10 a day and you raise your budget, your daily budget from a hundred dollars to a thousand dollars, it'll pr- just keep spending $10 a day. Unless if there's some weird conspiracy theory that Amazon suddenly starts spending more, which I, I have <laughs> heard people ascribe to, to higher that. budgets get like benefit. Yeah. Algorithmically. Maybe I have, Maybe. it has not been my experience. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> we were trying last Prime Day to spend a lot of money with really large budgets. We couldn't do it, even though we basically set the budgets to unlimited. <laughs> well, we we spent a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we spent like what eight hundred thousand dollars in like twelve days or something like that. Eleven yeah. days. I mean, it was something crazy, but yeah, a lot of spend. What about this one, Andrew, the, the products tab? You mentioned that earlier, uh, oh, kind yeah. of jumping off the targeting tab. How can how can folks jump into the the products tab in the ad console to capture some low-hanging fruits? Yeah, totally. Products tab is another good addition that Amazon has recently released um, where it allows you to look at all of your individual product level data in one place and see where that product lives across your account in terms of which campaigns it's in. Uh, as well as that uh, just overall aggregated product performance. It allows you to look at your product performance without having to pull that advertised product report. So it's really nice. Um, also, another caveat to all of these tabs that we should call out is that they include conversion rate columns. And that's like, you know, it's, Amazon's like, filled, you know, added that into these different uh, tools and stuff, except for the the, the main campaign dashboard. But except also, for the most important place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the most important place. But you know, it's nice to have it here. Uh, it can be helpful for you. And um, specifically for the products that we're going to be looking at that conversion rate. This is a great place to to identify potentially overspending on a low conversion product. You can start identifying where in your catalog you have a low conversion problem, uh, where you may potentially be overspending. Or you could could you just do the inverse of that and identify you know products that have high conversion rates and you know lower spend. So um, that products tab is is really good. If you add in that that uh, conversion rate column, you can definitely pull out and identify very quickly kind of where you're uh, allocating high levels of spend with low converting. So you can reduce your ACOS. Or if you want to try to scale sales, um, we can find the inverse of that. What do you use the products tab for? Yeah, I use it essentially doing exactly what I said I do with the targeting tab, which is I just sort by highest spend first. And then within the highest spenders, I look at anything that's above the target A cost. Because if something is, let's just say my my target A cost is 30%, but currently we're at 35 and we're a little bit high. Rather than optimizing like the the you know the the pennies in my account that have 200% A costs. I can actually move the needle a lot more if I find something that actually has a 35% A cost. So it's not that much higher compared to something else that might have 200, 300% A cost. Go find the thing that's just above your target. Maybe it's it's 35%, but if it's making up like 90% of your account spend, then you know exactly why your account's saying 35% A cost is because 90% of it's going at at the rate of 35%. So that could just come down to a single product. It could come down to a single target. And I don't shouldn't say single, but I should say, you know, very defined uh, small group of data points or targets, whatever. But there, there could be one product in your overall account that is just really struggling with a low conversion rate and it's driving up a ton of the spend. 
And if you weren't very well organized in your campaign structure, if you weren't doing single product campaigns or single product ad groups, you might not have ever discovered this like hypothetically. Yeah, let's just say you're doing multi-product ad groups. So at a campaign level, at an ad group level, where you just have 100 products in there, the ad group overall seems to be doing well because there's a t- there's a couple uh, yeah there's there's a couple items in there that are driving up a ton of sales, but there's one product in there that's just blowing through budget and has a really low conversion rate and a really high ACOS and it's making up the majority of that spend there. And if you just go find that guy and um, pull it out, you can either pause that ad, that product ad, or you can pull it out and put it into a separate ad group or a separate campaign so that you can manage its bids more effectively. That can really help uh, pull everything down. For me, most of the time, though, what it ends up being is when I see that issue and I see there's a product that has a lot of spend and a low conversion rate and it's hurting everything, um, it's usually a product listing. Something happened with the product listing and, it, and it's a good way to kind of catch that, flag that, send it over to the client, uh, just alert them and uh, move forward that way. Yep, absolutely. Well, Stephen, we have a lot more uh, bullet points here to get through and we've been talking already for like, I don't know, 40 minutes or so. Um 30. 30 minutes? That's it? Yeah, that seems like we got time. Okay, cool, cool. Well, let's move on to the next one and start talking about some of these other ones that maybe people haven't, haven't done yet or heard of. Okay, next low-hanging fruit we have is a little bit of a new addition to the Amazon Ads console. Now, this strategy or this you know tactic that we're going to talk about is not like crazy. It's available to everybody. It's not going to be the cheapest way to drive traffic or the, you know, the most efficient necessarily, but I have seen really high click-through rates on this ad type and uh, it's relatively new. Not a lot of people using it. Uh, It's a really good opportunity to capture a lot of the click share and traffic on searches. Um, And and the the strategy is uh, sponsored brand product collection video ads. So, this is a pretty new thing. Amazon's had video ads, but mostly they've just lived in the rest of search placement or at the bottom of search results. But now they've enabled you to uh, target top of search placements with your sponsored brand videos. So I've been testing this and, and using it for a few accounts. And you know it's important that the video is quality and everything, but overall, uh, just comparing the click-through rates between sponsored brand product collection video ads versus regular sponsored brand product collection, seeing a nice disparity between the two. And, and normally we see high click, higher click-through rates on video ads anyway, but um, these are exceedingly so, higher than our normal sponsored brand ads. So I think this is a really good opportunity for people to uh, utilize an ad type that not everybody is rushing to and currently using. I know like as you know, features get rolled out, there's kind of this curve of adoption where people uh, at first aren't really utilizing these, these strategies and tactics. And that's like the best opportunity for you to jump on these things and, and test them. Now you should obviously test them for your account. Not every account is going to be the same. Not every account needs top of search sponsored brand video ads, but it is something that I thought we should mention in this episode as we, as I, I have been seeing um, pretty good results with it in the accounts uh, that I've been deploying it with. So it's a little pricier, not necessarily like the sexiest, you know, thing for everybody, but uh, it, it certainly has yielded good results for me. And it's a new thing that everybody should be testing out right now. It's pricier and it also takes up more time to set up. Doesn't sound totally. like a low hanging fruit to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, it may not be the, the biggest bang for buck, but it is new. We're climbing up the tree now to slightly higher, but still low hanging fruits. Well, it's like coconuts, man. We're getting the coconut trees. We're way yeah. up there. <laughs> I, I did have a quick question there, Andrew. Are, are you distinguishing 
this ad type from traditional sponsor brand video? I believe in most cases I have been trying to um, basically segment based on whether I'm trying to get this to place at top of search versus, well, the product collection is really mostly available for just that top search. I, I have to look into this a little bit more on exactly what the placements are because I think there's more than just that. But yeah, I think that your primary placements for these sponsored brand product collection ads is going to be that top of search placement. It's going to be the most valuable. That's where I've seen the good results. So I set them up with certain settings to help uh, ensure that those campaigns are delivering at top of search and not just, you know, below the fold placements and things like that. Yeah. I also just saw that sponsored brands now have VCPM bidding. Have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I saw that in uh, one account that I was working in, but yeah, I have not tested or, or used that one. Yeah. We'll have to come back to that. But so are you saying that you're able to target top of search? Yeah, I think you're right. These yep. sponsor brand videos are yeah going exclusively to top of search and that's only if it's product collection. Product I'm collection. not... I'm, I'm in an account right now trying to set one up and I don't even have the option to not do product collection. Yeah. So I think it's only, oh wait, sorry. You, 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 what? I can't do not product selection. Product collection video ad? You collection, can, that's, that's, correct. I cannot, oh, so. haven't, had not, couldn't do it. How's that enough negatives for you? <laughs> yeah, no, I can't do, so I can't, what? I can't actually do the, the, the traditional sponsor brand video with just a single product. It's only allowing me no, to do you, you probably a can, product collection. Right? So if you click on video and then if you click on video, the, then you pick whether it's a store page or a product detail mm -hmm. page, you only have, you only have product detail page there or a store page uh, there. If you change that, that'll change your options. You know what it was? I, because I clicked the VCPM thing. Oh, the VCPM yeah. gated yeah. me from, from it. So that was the setting that I had turned on. Got it. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I can still do lifestyle or whatever video ads traditionally. Also on the same vein of this sponsored brands, uh, I think in some accounts I've seen this like multiple like carousel items uh, or carousel custom images. That'd be another cool thing to, to test out. Um, but anyway. Let's move on yep. to the next actual low-hanging fruit. <laughs> to, to, to wrap that up, uh, a low-hanging fruit and to make this a little bit more conceptual and I guess evergreen as a strategy is whenever there's something new coming out on Amazon, be the first to test it. There's usually a little bit of an early move, first mover advantage. So yeah, sponsor, these new top of search sponsored brand videos come out. Um, Andrew did some digging around to figure out how to do that. Found it was the product collections, blah, blah, blah launched some campaigns, saw some good results. So that's kind of the, the summary of that one. Now let's switch over to a couple of our last low hanging fruits. So the next low hanging fruit is pretty simply just expand your targeting. Just start going after winning more impressions uh, as simple and as straightforward as it, as it sounds. Some of the ways in which we've been doing this in the past, and I actually do this all the time when, when when a client reaches out and says, Hey, this product, um, I want to push a bit more. Can we, can we try to push more on the sales? My, what I first do is I just like take the ASIN, plug it into my, uh, like search for that ASIN in my, for my, in my campaigns or my ad groups. And then I just like go to Amazon suggested keywords and I just scroll through Amazon suggested keywords. Any that seem relevant. I just add them, add them, add them. I always do custom bid. I don't like you doing the suggested bids cause who knows what, what they're going to be. 
Um, all my starting bid will just be watch the other videos for how we do that or use ad labs for, for, what this, for what that custom bid is going to be. But I just throw it in there and I just scroll through and just, you know, manually just kind of add a, a couple of keywords. And, and the reason why that works so great is number one, it's quick. Number two, very limited room for, for margin for error here. Like if, if you're just doing these big sweeping changes of harvesting a ton of keywords, there's so many coincidental search term conversions that might've pulled in or, and, and frankly, it really just kind of buttons or it comes down to how buttoned up your keyword harvesting methods are, what criteria you're using, what date range you're using, all these types of things. So unless if you're an expert on keyword harvesting and have a uh, essentially just like a fail proof way of executing on it, you can make a lot of mistakes. And, and that's why sometimes after a big keyword harvesting, your ACOS spikes um, because you pulled in a ton of irrelevant stuff or when you pulled it in, the keyword bids weren't right, all that kind of stuff can happen. So this is just a much lower risk element. You just like whichever product you want to push on. And this is, this is better for, obviously you can't do this for your whole account, especially if you have a, t a massive catalog, it would take forever to do this manually for every single individual campaign. But you know, if there's one product in particular or a product line in particular, your client says, I want to push sales here, just go find those ad groups, just add a couple keywords from Amazon suggested thing. Um, part of why it's also important to do that is that, you know, Amazon search bar, their recommended search terms, um, to the customer, that is, that as the customer's typing things in, Amazon's always updating the, those search terms, and and so like the searches are always changing, and so there might be some some recently trending keywords that you, when you're searching in your when you're in the ad console looking at the suggested keywords, you'll see those pop up based on Amazon's search box that might not have ever appeared in your search term report because you just it's so new and you were being outbid. So you never actually got any impressions or clicks. You didn't actually have any of that data that way. So it's just a really good, quick, easy way to like harvest a couple extra keywords. And then on top of that, Andrew, you were also talking about product targeting expansion and what are some things we could do there to, to would you say that's pretty similar kind of what you were, uh, when you were wrote that note down to what I just said? Uh, yeah, very similarly, just like branching out, uh, on your targeting, allowing for, Keyword discovery, if you're trying to capture more sales, we need more visibility. And um, so, yeah, expanding the overall spend across your, uh, I guess, expanded match types is a way that you can accomplish that and, and start reaching maybe potentially queries that you're not targeting. This would happen maybe if you're like, if you're like really heavy exact match, like on your, in your account, you could maybe have some increases on your broad match, uh, targeting it to help, you know, increase that visibility a little bit or something like that. But yeah, when I was, when I was writing down product targeting, I was just thinking through, um, a lot of the work I've been doing in accounts lately. Um, and I've, I've just been seeing really good results with product targeting, really, you know, cheaper CPCs, um, you know, good, good performance overall. And they, they recently added, kind of a new layer to it of expanded product targeting, which is basically just like broad match for product targeting. And um, originally they just had the exact ASIN targeting, um, but now they have that ability to basically target an ASIN and then show up on a whole bunch of other ASINs that are just like it. And so I've been using that, um, you know, I'll have it segmented out and I can, you know, if I want to grow more like my impressions and, and spend, you know, spend more, uh, that's one place that I would look for, uh, growing, you know, that spend or increasing that spend is, is in product targeting. Usually there's a lot of opportunity there. You can find plenty of, uh, scenarios for increasing bids to capture more, more spend and, and, you know, product, 
detail page placements, not, not that it's just product detail page placements, but those, those placements in particular have a ton of inventory. And so there's a lot of room to spend on those. But yeah, that's, that's one thing I've been uh, utilizing a lot and just kind of growing as Amazon has grown and, and um, uh, evolved their platform and added the expanded product targeting. My strategy is also evolving. So I use those expanded product targeting as a uh, competitor kind of research tool. Uh, it also kind of informs any, like it's just like a broad match for keyword targeting. So you would use broad match or phrase match to identify keywords or opportunities that you wanted to harvest into more refined uh, targeting. So um, that's kind of how I've been using this this product targeting addition uh, that they recently added. Yep, well said. I've got nothing to add to that. So let's jump over to our last low hanging fruit. The final low hanging fruit is day parting. We add this because no, it's extremely no. easy. <laughs> Don't you do that. <laughs> Just kidding. If you watched our last episode, you saw us get very confused around day parting. <laughs> Definitely not a low hanging fruit. Certainly some easier ones out there. Andrew, this one uh, I, you executed on recently. I and did. you sent me a message about this earlier today. You said, I did the Stephen Pope hack coming off of our... Our yeah. debate with Stephen Pope around click through and conversion rate. What did you do? What was this low hanging fruit for you? Yeah, shout out Stephen Pope for constantly pushing this on LinkedIn. And if you are on LinkedIn, surely you have seen somebody talking about this. Uh, but really, it's it's optimizing that main image for higher click through rates. And I did this with an account. I actually have been talking to them about this basically ever since we had Stephen Pope on and he was, he was like talking about it and everything. And I was like, you know what? Like I'm, I'm like experimental mind. Uh, let's go out and actually test this and see the results. And so I was pushing it to this client, like, Hey, let's try this. Let's try this. Let's try this. I was showing them like all these other competitors in their space that were doing it. And I was like, look, I've heard that this is getting good results. I haven't had a chance to test it on like uh, a, this, this account in particular. And so I think we should try it out and see what happens. So basically all we did was we took our main image and this is a supplement company. So we took our main image and a lot of other supplement companies, you'll see this uh, doing this as they'll add, you know, throw it in Canva and they'll add some little graphics over top of their main image or on their product in the image that basically gives you more information and more details about the product. And so that way you right, like don't. how many grams, specific ingredients, yes. keto friendly, sizes, whatever. Yeah. 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 All those types of things like give you get, give more information about the product without making the person have to read your bullet points or your title or anything. People are visual, especially on Amazon. Most people are just looking at the images to make purchase decisions um, in a lot of cases, especially if it's smaller, like lower AOV stuff. They're just really mostly just looking at images. So uh, optimizing that main image is a really good opportunity to help just drive more traffic um, and, and capture more click share. Uh, and I don't have enough data to actually support the claim that it, it produces lower CPCs yet, but we'll see. So uh, I'll keep that in mind. But for this account in particular, I finally got them to come around to uh, making this change, running this test. And we've been running it for like three days. And Basically, the, the average click-through rate on this product uh, for month-to-date up, uh, up month was like 0.65%. And we made this main image uh, switch to see what would happen. And basically, our click-through rate jumped up to 1.41% in the last three days. 
And so we're seeing a pretty high increase in overall clickability of this product as we've updated the main image. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep uh, monitoring for further results. But in the Discord, we also had a lot of people talking about this and showing cool examples of stuff that they're doing within their accounts and the stuff that they're working on. Dude, that, that, I was really impressed with a lot of the work that some people are doing um, in regard to this topic. And like there were people even using like colored backgrounds on their images and things like that. So apparently there's a lot more flexibility with your main image than I had originally thought. I don't know uh, what Amazon's doing there, but um, yeah, it seems like there's some opportunity there for, for some main image optimization. So it could look like adding some, some labels with like, just within Canva, it could look like, like adding, if you're, if you're selling a product that has multiple like components or pieces to it, including more of those in the main image, um, showing all the like different, uh, thing, like if you have like a med kit or something like that, don't just show like a bag with no, nothing inside of it, or just like, you can't see what's inside of it. Um, open up the bag and show like all the different components that are within it and have like, you know, just look at what other people are doing. Like there's a ton of yeah. people starting to do this on Amazon where they're uh, tweaking those main images, making them a little different than what you're seeing across everything else. And um, in my experience so far, when I did that, pretty good results. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's certainly a little bit outside of the realm of PPC in terms of like, you know, this isn't necessarily a low hanging fruit you can do within the ad console, but it's, it's certainly worth mentioning just because, yeah, I mean, that main image is, is practically everything, uh, in terms of not only click through rate, but also conversion rates. So I wasn't, I didn't lose the debate. No, you didn't lose. Con you didn't lose. Too. okay. Hey, did you see <laughs> did, what happened to your conversion rates? Did your conversion rates change at all? Uh, I'd have to double check. Um, yeah, let me, let me take a look. Okay. But yeah, the point, point, point here being is um, if you're just a PPC manager and you don't touch the listings, uh, you can certainly go back to your clients and just, you know, uh, yeah, jump into our Discord and, and see some of that conversation that Andrew was talking about around all these tests that people have been doing with their main images to just really blow up the, the clickability of their ads, which most of the time, if as long as you're going after the right keywords, will also lend to, to being the right sales. Obviously, if you have bad keywords, uh, then you don't necessarily want to be super clickable on uh, on back keywords. What you got there? Word of word of caution on improving your click through rate. Uh, we actually did this with an account uh, not related to the main image, uh, more so yeah. related to the uh, sponsored brand. So we we're doing the sponsored yes. brands. Had a bunch of those ads running without custom images, without like really good. Uh, headlines. And so we just went in, made those tweaks to the sponsor brands, added some nice looking uh, creatives, uh, creative or custom images and saw click through rates spike significantly. Yeah, And doubled. basically just like doubled our spend <laughs> on the With no uh, sales to show for it. <laughs> yeah. Without really in, any increase in uh, conversion rates. So we caught that pretty quick. I will say we caught that pretty yeah. quick and uh, made the changes. So just word of caution as your click through rate may go up and may lend yourself to increased traffic, which would be in the form of ads, increased spend. So yep, yeah, just keep that in mind. Yeah. But I think just point, point there being is it's only one image, right? We're not, we're not going to the client being like, we got to revamp the whole entire product listing. Like that would not be a low hanging fruit, but what is the low hanging fruit is just doing some, some quick tips, quick hacks on giving a little bit more information on that main image. So you can go back to your client and do that. 
or if you have the ability to optimize these listings, you can do what Andrew said and you know, literally just grab that photo, drop it in Canva or some other free video editing like web application and make some tweaks, upload it, test it. And I actually, I think I saw somewhere there was A-B testing coming to main images or no, maybe not. There is. Yeah. Uh, for there already is in seller central. Um, you can split test your listings. Main you've image? Been able to do that yeah. Main oh, image. Okay. You, you, you've been, yeah. you can do it with a lot of different things. Titles. And it shows you how, how far away removed I am from the yeah. actual <laughs> seller side of things. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, I just looked it up and, uh, so far, I mean, like I said, it's only been a couple of days, but just at the ad level, we haven't seen a big swing in conversion rate so far since, uh, or making those changes to the main image. But um, I will say this is a uh, A-B split test. So it, it is kind of cycling through throughout the day, uh, which which one it's showing. And so, uh, you know, I think uh, we'll see. We'll see what the data. I didn't know you guys us. were, you were A-B testing that itself. Yes. Uh, so who knows? Maybe the click-through rate spiked from the other, from the original. Well, that wouldn't really make sense because that's how it was the whole time for, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So just to kind of quickly recap everything, the low hanging fruits, uh, essentially just really low effort stuff you could do to perhaps squeak out a couple extra results from, from your campaigns. Number one, you can test out that low bid lottery strategy. See if that works for you. Just throw everything together in a single campaign, five cent bids, see what happens. Maybe you get a free couple of sales. Andrew, what's the next one? Uh, I actually closed the outline on accident, so okay. I don't know. <laughs> so you, you thought we were us. wrapping up. You didn't know. I was, I was in my mind. I was like, we'll go back and forth through these bullets. That's all right. Mm -hmm. I'll just rip them off. You got it. The targeting tab, the targeting tab, just quickly sort through your highest spending targets, identify any, uh, you know, a couple of them that might have high A costs. You can just pull those down really quickly and that could, that could help kind of reduce the A cost a tiny bit and also give you a little more opportunity to push more on some of the stuff that's working well. You could check that products tab, see if there's any any products that are just really struggling with a low conversion rate and driving up a lot of your spend. Those become candidates to either segment out somewhere to a new campaign or pause the ad or take a look at the listing and see if you need to switch out the, the main image or anything like that. Test out new ad types, sponsored brand videos, the product collection style. There's gotta be a way to make that shorter. The SBV product collections version of SBV. Uh, currently seems to be a good opportunity for, as long as you've got good video assets, seeming to be a good opportunity to, to really capture some extra sales. Just add a couple extra product targets or keyword targets from Amazon's recommended suggestions, and then see if you can test around with some of those main image hacks that we talked about. And then a couple other low hanging fruits are, you can join the Discord, you can sign up for the Ad Labs wait list, you can join our masterclass, and you can like and subscribe on YouTube and give us a five-star rating on Apple and Spotify. Those are all really low-hanging fruits as well. Very low-hanging <laughs> fruit. Definitely do all of those things to maximize your Amazon performance. That, mm -hmm. that is how you do it. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, thanks so much for listening and tuning into That Amazon Ads podcast. We'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Peace out.